0: The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. com. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello! And we are doing something a little different this week. Um, we went to record the other night. Uh, we're recording early, Uh-oh. anyways. But we had a miscommunication, and Corey had watched the wrong movie.
1: It was pretty much just my error, everyone. There's a spreadsheet and everything.
0: Yeah, and literally we <laughs> talked about what movie we were watching next on the last episode. But nonetheless... Um, there was confusion, and because of that, though, it worked out for both of our schedules. We're just going to record two episodes today, um, so we're not going to do our usual dive into our, you know, what we've been watching like we usually do, where we get into every single thing we've been watching, partly because the next episode you're going to hear will be immediately recorded after this episode, so we won't have watched anything different if we do it that way. Instead, we're going to talk about one movie that we both happened to watch um, this week. And then we're going to go into our review of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, if you've never listened to the show before, do know we go into a spoiler-free review first. Uh, we do give a big spoiler warning before we jump into spoilers about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, and so you'll have plenty of time to stop if you haven't seen the movie for some reason. If you're like myself, who had not seen it, um, I didn't realize it was a 1982 film until I started watching it. And I was like, oh, it came out the year I was born. No wonder I never bothered to to catch up with it. but. Um, We finally did, or I finally did. Corey's seen it once before, right? Yeah, and it was
1: like 17 years ago.
0: Ah, wow. Okay, so yeah, you were young, uh, young then. We won't say how young. Thank young. you, I appreciate that. Um, and actually, we're recording this the day after my birthday, and I do want to give, Um, I, I was born on August 7th, 1982, as I mentioned the year already, but... um. I'm a teacher, as I've talked about on our podcast before. I teach film and journalism, um, and I've never worked as a teacher on my birthday because usually school starts a week or two later than my birthday, sometimes even longer, depending on what year we're talking about. Um, But we're slowly moving the school year up so that it uh, it ends by the end of May. And so this is the first year I've been at work on my birthday in a long time, because I've been teaching now for, um, well, consist, uh, c- I'm sorry, um, since 2010, uh, officially in a row, but I started teaching technically in 2006, but I took a year off um, from 2009 to 2010. So, I've been, you know, teaching now for eight years in a row, and it's the first time I've, I've worked on my birthday um, since I worked at FYE. Dang. Which is, I'm not complaining, I'm not one of those people, I never scheduled my day off on my birthday, I, I'm not, I don't... Do oh no! That. but it's been just you know a coincidence and so um i want to give a really special shout out i think to a, a coworker who also listens to the podcast on occasion um i don't know if she'll hear this one but um uh, my co-worker lauren uh mate she is our culinary teacher at the school um and we've worked together now for several years i i'm pretty sure six but i could be wrong um not so great with start times and of things but uh we're sitting in our meeting on tuesday morning because kids aren't back yet but we are and she walks in holding a panful of um, homemade cinnamon rolls. Yes. <laughs> which are awful for me, but oh so delicious. And um I mean they had a maple glaze with pecans like they were amazing. Um and it was it wasn't just that they were delicious, but I had not, I definitely wasn't expecting anything like that. And I want to I've told her thank you multiple times, but I I feel like um you know, I, I tend to be a little on the selfish side. I get a little distracted with all of my own interests that I, I, kind of become oblivious to a lot of things. So, um, for someone to think about me like that, you know, it, it made my day. Um, I'm friends with both. I actually work with her husband, Craig too, and I want to give him credit because, uh, they both contributed in some some capacity but they're both good friends and i was very very grateful made my birthday yesterday for sure because i started my day off like that basically like that was literally i don't know eight thirty in the morning or something and there here's this big pan of cinnamon rolls i'm just like oh my goodness happy birthday too and it, it had happy birthday candles on it like though it literally spelled out happy birthday in candles um what? like the the letter candles i don't want to think like she didn't line up a bunch of candles to spell out but it, like so went went all out um is what i'm saying and i i'm very very grateful um and everyone who wished me happy birthday i'm also grateful don't don't get me wrong i don't mean to to imply lesser but um and my wife did make me dinner and brought a cake so my wife i love you thank you so much kathy for all of that as well but to be fair kind of expect my wife to do that as i will do for her on her birthday because you know 14 years together we tend to celebrate each other's birthdays but uh Friends to go the extra mile was a, a very pleasant surprise. I'm rambling. I apologize, but um, I did want to give that that shout out. So, how is a uh, how's your week been, Corey? It's been fine. I'm mm. trying to
1: remember. Well, I just went to the Cat Film Fest.
0: Yes, You went to a annual. Cat Film Festival. It was a short. Oh, film, today's the right?
1: International Cat Cat Day. I think so. Oh. Happy International Cat Day, people. I love cats. Um, and, you know, I want to take a moment to tell you that I might die on Friday. Oh, <laughs> um
0: I don't like that at so, all. So,
1: um, you know, I hate the bicycle bar. Do you know about the bicycle bar?
0: I, I do not. It oh. sounds weird.
1: It is weird. So it's this, like, it looks kind of like a trolley, but it has, like, seats all okay. around this table in the middle and you have to bicycle, you have to pedal for it to move and it's downtown and I always want to run over the people that are on them. It annoys me cause they're going like five miles an hour and I have places to go get out of my way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the people are annoying on them. So it's going to be 107 on Friday, oh, wow. 107 degrees. And unlike Florida where like the ho- hottest part of the day is like noon one here, I'm so far north. The hottest part of the day is like five, six, seven. Wow. It's hot as hell until the sun goes down at ten. So right after work we're going on the bicycle bar for my friend's birthday. So someone might murder me because I'm annoying or I might die of heat stroke.
0: Wow. That is that is a lot. Um Yeah. Okay, so hopefully not. Good thing we're recording two of these in a row. Yes. Uh just in case. Oh, you
1: can get a replacement. <laughs> you have a week um, and a half.
0: <laughs> and just, uh, w- listeners, we've, we've done this a couple times. Corey and I have been busy, uh, busier than usual, so we're not recording on Fridays like we normally do. Uh, we are recording on August 8th, which is 8-8, which is appropriate because tonight, while we're recording this, in fact, across the country, they are showing the movie 8th Grade, uh, directed by Bo, Bur- uh, Bo Burnham, um, starring Elsie Fisher, uh, for free, at select theaters, and obviously don't worry, because it's already passed if you're just hearing this, but um, also unrated so that anybody can go, because the movie is rated R, which I've seen three times, and I feel like the R rating is a little harsh. Harsh? Um, I'm pretty sure it is simply because they depict a uh, dildo that is clearly structured to look like an actual penis, and that is what bumped it up to an R rating. I'm fairly confident with that, because the film Tusk, um, I think it was Tusk. It might have been Yoga Hosers. Uh, originally, was given the rating of R because of a, a picture of Johnny Depp's character in the movie had testicles drawn on his chin. Testicles drawn on a picture originally gave the movie an R. It was it was Yoga Hosers because Kevin fought for it to be PG thirteen because it was geared towards teenagers. Um, but that was that was enough to bump it up to an R. And in this movie, the sexual references that lead to the image of the dildo. I am sure is what the uh, MPA gave it as a R rating, and I think that's a little harsh. Um, There's one F word, which is usually warranted in a PG-13 film, and there is one S word, I believe, um, total. So not a whole lot of cursing. There is some sexual innuendo and references. Nothing um, graphic except for that picture of the dildo. So I'm guessing that's what bumped it up to an R. But Bo wants eighth graders to be able to see the movie, so they showed it without the rating tonight. For free, across the country, I think every single state had at least one theater participating. Um, my
1: favorite theater was screening it.
0: I saw that was actually in Boise. Ours was at my favorite theater in Winter Park. It's a Regal Cinema, that, uh, the film festival uses here, um, Hat was showing it tonight. And I was like, oh, that would have been cool because I love that theater. And it's recliner seats at that theater. But
1: Damn! Um,
0: and, uh, but, Corey and I both watched this movie this week. Mine third time seeing it on my birthday actually i went last night and Corey also went on my birthday but in idaho happy birthday thank you um but and i went with uh editor of dot reviews.com david um went uh he had not seen the film yet he messaged me and i was like yeah yeah let's go um that's a cool way to celebrate my birthday because i i like bringing people to movies that they may not otherwise have gone to it's not totally true with david david is a movie lover as well but um I like to watch people react to films that I've already seen, and so I kept, like, kind of glancing over at David, and I've, I've seen a lot of films with David. I mean, he went to Tribeca with me this year. Um, we, for a long time, were watching movies back and forth. Like, every week, we would, one of us would go to the other's house, and we'd watch a movie that one of, either both of us hadn't seen or one of us hadn't seen, kind of like this podcast, um, except <clears> we didn't <throat> record our thoughts on it afterwards. And then, um, but I, I've, I've seen him laugh at movies, but... I caught him laughing quite a bit at eighth grade, and uh, it was it was cool because it was moments I wasn't sure. Um, you know, I have I have a daughter in eighth grade. When this movie, when I saw it the first time, uh, she is literally starting ninth grade in a few days and will be in my film class. Um, so I what? will be teaching my daughter uh, presumably rad. for the next four years, which is kind of crazy. And um, uh, you know, so like I I can relate to a lot of what the dad is going through in eighth grade. Um, Not entirely, because I'm not a single father, but nonetheless, uh, I can still relate to some of the reactions, and I definitely can kind of see some of the anxieties, and even um, the outfit that uh, Kayla, the character, wears to the mall, um, she's wearing jeans, has a flannel tied around her waist, wearing a choker and a t-shirt, um, very much resembling my daughter's choice of attire almost everywhere she goes, so... <laughs> um, there's there's a lot in the film that I saw my own kind of like reflections or mirror images of my, my life. And then also, I was a 13-year-old in eighth grade. Now, I was not a girl, but I was awkward and, and introverted and totally could relate to a lot of the anxieties the character features. So it was cool uh, watching David, who is not a father, but is does work with young kids and whatnot. And he really enjoyed the movie, too. Um, I think I might have already even talked about eighth grade because this is, again, my third time seeing it. I highly, highly recommend if it's playing somewhere near you. And it looks like it is. It's playing in a lot of markets. Again, my local theater has it. We don't get a lot of indie films at our theater. Um, But I want to hear your thoughts, Corey. What did you think of 8th Grade?
1: I loved it. And I think that Kayla is a hero. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: She, I think that she thinks that she doesn't do the things that she talks about on her podcast. But she totally, or her, her videos, sorry, on her youtube videos (laughs) she does do them she just like goes for it and i'm just like i wish even at my age that i had half the guts that you do because you're just you know you are trying to be confident you are and i do remember eighth grade was like the most awkward time for me and i love that she really looked like an eighth grader and i mean you teach at high school and all these girls have like unlimited access to makeup tutorials and i feel like some of them never go through an awkward phase they just go from you know being a kid to being a you know beautiful like they just bypass that whole thing and i just really appreciated about that that about her um and i laughed so much and i was the loudest laugher in the theater that was a little (laughs) embarrassing
0: but that's awesome um
1: and our theater was full, and I don't understand why they had it in one oh. of the smallest screening rooms, because mm-hmm. we have 22 theaters, 21 regular screens, and then IMAX, and the bigger the number, the smaller your room is. So we were in 17, and I was just really kind of surprised they stuck us back there, but everyone seemed to have a good time. Well, it,
0: it, it is super indie. Um, it's getting a little more publicity than I think you'd it to. One of my favorite things I've seen, I follow both Bo and Elsie on uh, Instagram, and Uh, Twitter, but um, Bo posted a picture of a local Regal Theater that he was at, and uh, they had the posters, like it was a picture of the posters on the wall on the outside, and Mission Impossible, um, what looked like a big empty spot, and then um, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp was next to the empty spot poster, you know, like where there should have been a poster, and then there was another picture zoomed in on the uh, empty spot, and it wasn't an empty spot, but it was like somebody printed out... On regular paper, the 8th grade poster, because yeah. it wasn't expected to get that big of a release. So they didn't have a poster for it, so they just have, like, a piece of paper with the poster on it, <laughs> taped to the poster <laughs> setting, in black and white, mind you, it's not even in color. Um, and I, it looked real, So as, and as far as I know, but um, it was also, it's telling, because it's that good that it's getting put next to Mission Impossible and a and the Wasp, but unexpectedly. Um, and... I, I, we, I have heard a few people who don't love it. Um, I, I literally love this movie. Um, I got lucky when I saw this at South by Southwest. Uh, Bo and Elsie were there to do a Q&A at my screening um, and they were amazing uh, live. But one of my favorite things that um, Bo made Elsie kind of tell us was she had auditioned for her school play and she didn't get it. Uh, she didn't get a part. <laughs> and and If you see this movie, you will understand why that's so funny. Because she is tremendous. Um, This is her first film. You would not think that. She literally carries this movie. This movie is on Kayla's shoulders. And Elsie does a tremendous job and shows that she's got what it takes. And there's been a flux of these child actors that are just outstanding in the last couple of years. I mean, you know, you have Brooklyn Prince from Florida Project last year. And uh, Elsie this year. And obviously you have the whole cast of Stranger Things. Um, who have just done amazing things. And then you have the cast of It, which has Wolf Finhart from Stranger Things in It as well. Like, we've just had this crazy surge of child actors being amazing in movies. So, um, hopefully they will not follow in some of the Disney stars' footsteps and ruin their lives afterwards, (laughs) but, uh, we're getting some really amazing work right now, and I hope that it continues and they all make good choices, um, in their life. And I will say, too, it is a little weird following, like, Elsie Fisher on social media since she's a kid. Uh, But she posts some funny stuff and apparently does do a podcast, Corey. You mentioned podcasts. She does a Dungeons & Dragons podcast uh, that she posted on um, Instagram.
1: So, clearly, she needs to be friends with Stranger Things cast. I mean, they don't really play... Dungeons & Dragons. They might
0: in real that's life. They, funny. they play, uh, I think, licensing-wise. I don't know if they use the words Dungeons oh, & Dragons. Oh, yeah. But they definitely play a Dungeons Dragons-inspired role-playing game on the show in Season 1. Um, I think they do say Dungeons & Dragons, actually. That's, I think, part of the nostalgia factor for a lot of people. But Well, Corey and I both uh, saw 8th Grade, and we both recommend it. Um, if you get a chance to see it, uh, please do. And if um, In fact, if you were, were one of the people who went on the free night, I'd love to hear... Your story was it packed? Um, Did a lot of kids show up? Um, Were you a kid that happens to also listen to our podcast? I'd love to hear any of that, and you can uh, reach out to us on social media. Uh, We'll do this again at the end of the podcast, but um, I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey is at Corey R Star Two R's on the end, and of course you can always email us contact at burkereviews.com. And with that, Corey, let's get into Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Our stats: it's from 1982, as I mentioned earlier. It's directed by Amy Heckerling. Interestingly enough, I don't know if you saw this or not, Corey, but it's written by Cameron Crowe. And we get some major stars in this movie. Sean Penn, uh, which plays the most iconic character from this film, Jeff Spicoli, who I went into this film thinking was going to be a major character. And he's really not. He's a super minor character. He has some major moments. But um, this is definitely an ensemble film. It features a few main characters. We have brother and sister Stacy Hamilton and Brad Hamilton, Stacy's played by Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, a very young, I think 20-year-old Jennifer Jason Lee in real life, but I think she's playing like a 16-year-old or something in the movie. She was 15. 15 in the movie. Wow. Okay. Uh She was 20 in real life, yeah. <sighs> yeah, she's 58, I think. No, 56. Oh, yeah, yeah cuz she's 30 she's 20 years older than me. She was born in 62. Um and then uh Judge Reinhold plays her brother Brad. Um, and we get some other characters that aren't as famous, but uh, I do have to mention her her friend, Linda, played by uh, Phoebe Cates. Um, we got Robert Romanes playing Mike and Brian Backer playing Mark or Rat Ratner, who has some major moments in the film. Um, and then a couple of teachers that are worthy of note. Oh, 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 I can't leave off Forrest Whitaker, although his role is fairly small. Um, he does get some pretty funny moments, though. Oh, I didn't realize Eric Stolz was in there. Oh, did you catch Nick Cage while you were watching this? Yes! I was so I was like, is that Nicolas Cage? And weren't like, sure. there, like,
1: only two, like, two-second things of his face? Mm-hmm. I think there was one of him, like, inside of a school door. You could see him through, like, the glass of the door. Yeah. And then I can't remember the other one.
0: He's listed as Brad's bud. That's his character name. And he is, um... That's
1: accurate.
0: He's actually credited in the film as Nicolas Coppola, uh, before he switched to Cage. Um. And then, um... Uh, Trying to find Mr. Hand, the teacher name. There he is, Ray Wal- Walston as Mr. Hand, and Vincent Scavali as Mr. Vargas, um, both teachers that have some major parts in it. Um, I, it's funny. Uh, I overall, um, I've never seen this. I knew very little about. It. I knew about Spicoli, and I've seen a few of the clips of Spicoli's character. Um, and I've seen a lot of Amy Heckerling's other films. Uh, I, we talked about Clueless on our last episode of Top Five Movies, and. Um, We've talked about Look Who's Talking uh, 1 and 2 in our John Travolta episode of Top 5 Movies. So we've talked about both of her, or uh, three of her earlier films, or, I'm sorry, technically her later films from this one. Um, And then her last film she directed, it's been a while, um, she's done a lot of TV. She did uh, Rake, one episode, one episode of Suburgatory, three episodes of Carrie Diary, two episodes of Gossip Girl, Vamps, um oh one episode of the office and then uh she did loser was her last uh well i guess her last feature film was i could never be your woman but the last one i know of is loser which you and i are both fans of love loser yeah which i didn't realize that was her until uh looking at her list recently because um it makes sense though because they're some of the same characters she definitely likes to work within this frame um but i i found this movie to be pretty funny um Definitely not what I was expecting. Uh, I think Clueless is a better version of Fast Times in a lot of ways, which could be very controversial to say, but I think Clueless is much more focused um, on a single character, which, again, Cameron Crowe wrote the screenplay, so that wouldn't be an insult to Heckerling, that would be an insult to Crow. But I think Clueless is much more focused. We get a, uh, a true lead character, and we see that character arc. Um, I, would, I think you could argue that Stacy or Brad are the main characters in this film, but I don't think either does a whole lot. Um, things happen around them, and, and they do a couple of things, but, you know, I don't know. I don't feel like it's, like, a, a major story movie. It's just a, it's a funny movie. There's a lot of funny stuff that happens. There's some iconic moments. It's got that kind of 80s raunchy, like, high school movie because there's a lot of... There's not a lot of nudity, but there's there's a lot of sex jokes and nudity and things like that.
1: There were lots of boobs. Well,
0: yeah, I, I was... It's... I guess it's not really a spoiler, but when Jennifer Jason Leigh's character first starts, one, I didn't recognize her.
1: I didn't but, either! She was such a baby! I, that's why I can't even yeah. believe that she was 20. I mean, we know that she has to be at least 18, but she... With so many – we have so many adults who play teenagers or mm-hmm. young teenagers, mm-hmm. and we don't buy it. We know that they're older, Yeah, but
0: she looks, yeah, she, she looks – yeah, she looks –
1: She looks like a baby. Which,
0: when this movie started, I when I first realized it was her, I was like, oh, my God, that's Jennifer Jason Leigh. Uh, to Kathy, watch this with me. In fact, Kathy's watching, like, basically all of the movies we're watching this month except for Election was, like, the only one she was not interested in. Um, but all the older ones we're watching this month, she was, like, super stoked about. And so uh, – she watched this with me, and I'm like, that's Jennifer Jason Lee And it uh, she's not as into knowing actors by name like that, so I had to, like, list a bunch of stuff that she's seen with her in it. But I'm like, wow, she's playing, like, an innocent little girl here. That's so weird because she usually uh, – the movies that I'm crazy. most – Yeah, immediately, <laughs> like, I say it, and then, like, the next scene is her in the dugout. And I'm like, oh, oh, all right, I guess she's not innocent. And then that was when I realized she had to be at least 18 because there she is naked. Um, and I'm like, okay Well, maybe she wasn't ever Really an innocent actress uh, You know, because she's, I mean, like Margot At the wedding, she plays kind of a, a Slutty-esque female Character, and then uh, Hateful Eight, I wouldn't say she's playing a slutty character But she's definitely playing, she's like, crazy. crazy Psychopathic character Uh, Good Time from last year with Robert Pattinson She's playing kind of a skanky character Like, she gets typecast a bit uh, I'm not saying she is a skank at all Or that she's slutty or whatever, but that she gets kind of pushed into those roles more often than I've seen um, her in a less role. Except even, she's in a Netflix original series called Atypical. She plays the mother in that show, which I really, really like that show a lot. But even some of the things she chooses to do in that show, while she's initially portrayed as like a normal mom, um, some of her choices I think could fall into that other category that I was just discussing. So,
1: Fair enough.
0: But I, um, I enjoyed this movie, and, uh, what were your thoughts?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. It was pretty funny. I did, like, Spicoli, is that his name?
0: Yes. Um, and I liked
1: liked Mr. Hand.
0: Yeah, I I liked Aerodynamic, um, quite a bit.
1: Why do we keep choosing movies that make me uncomfortable and just overall make me happy that I'm not a parent? Here's a shout out to all the parents, though, (laughs) because you guys are the real VIPs, Um, especially after watching 8th Grade last night. Oh, my God, you guys. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was it was funny. Um, I guess I can see why this would like ruffle a lot of feathers in 82.
0: For sure. Um, I although, mean, we're
1: kind of desensitized at this I point. Mean, yes. In the
0: 90s, we have American Pie that is very similar um, in a lot of ways. Like, you get a lot of the same types of jokes. Um, you know, you get the masturbation joke. Like, that's ubiquitous, right? There's always going to be that one guy who has to do that. Um, even in 8th grade, I guess that is another scene that could have maybe pushed it to an R rating. Even though you don't see what the kid is doing. And if you listen, he says that he ha- hey, his leg was itching. But it's... You know, the, Pretty uh, the... sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's very sketchy. But um, that, that was probably the other thing that would have pushed it to an R rating. I, I forgot about that scene um, for a second there. But, yeah, that is a common, you know, trope in these these high school set movies. Um, you get a lot of uh, drug use, or at least implied drug use, and you get drinking. Um, you get some funny scenes. Uh, Judge Reinhold is probably the toughest part of this movie for me. Yeah. Um, Really? He is the only part that I remembered. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it was, like, all of his jobs. like. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Because he has
1: to wear, like, when he goes to work at, whatever, Captain Hook.
0: Yeah, the, the was... Long John Silver's knockoff. <laughs> yes. um, I
1: That was probably my most memorable part, but, yeah. I mean, it's fine.
0: Yeah, I mean I I just thought his character was kind of obnoxious and um there he does a couple of cool things, um, which we'll get into in spoilers, but uh overall I did find the movie like to be enjoyable though. Is that would you say the same or like it was more awkward and uncomfortable than it was enjoyable?
1: I mean, it wasn't I don't know how to I wouldn't probably watch it again. I don't feel like I missed oh, anything. Really? Or that I enjoyed it enough to watch it again um I, I would feel like say it was fine I,
0: I would I don't know that I would like sit down to watch it as in like putting it on myself but it's definitely something that if it was like on tv I I would leave on um and I, I could see throwing it on in the background um like because it is it's not like a crazy over-the-top amazing film but it's it's definitely something enjoyable that you could have it on in the background and and laugh at. I mean, I, I would say, just like American Pie, like, I, I probably have sat down and put American Pie in, but with the intention of it just being kind of background noise, and I'll laugh when it's funny, and I'll ignore it when it's not. You know, I'll play on my phone, or I'll draw a picture, or whatever. I don't know what I would have been doing back then, maybe. I know at some point in my high school life, I had a regular TV for my movies, and I had a smaller TV with my Super Nintendo hooked up to it. And so I would what? play Super Nintendo and have TV on also. So... Um, and it was, it was like the Super Nintendo TV was like real old. Like it had like a dial, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know yes. how, to, how it was able to hook up to it, but it was like, I'd have the little TV with the Super Nintendo playing like Legend of Zelda and I'd have my, my bigger still, when I say bigger, this is like in the nineties. So like 20 inch TV and like a 13 inch smaller TV was the Super Nintendo TV. So, you know, cause now like when we say big TV, we're like, ah, oh, 70 inches, like not in nineties, like no way. <laughs> Yeah, the seventy-inch TV. You were you were pretty wealthy, but not to again get a little held up on the uh, the age thing here. Let's get into um, spoilers. I think for this uh, overall, Corey and I both like the movie. Corey's less on, a little colder on it than I am. I do think it's a funny high school film, and definitely one, um, especially if you're from the time period where you're gonna kind of latch onto things. Uh, it's got I would say some good performances. I think Jennifer Jason Lee's great in this. Um, I don't necessarily like think. Her choices are great, but I think, like, her performance is really strong, and uh, I think um, Judge Reinhold plays the same character he kind of always seems to play. Um,
1: A little bit whiny.
0: A little whiny, a little obnoxious, uh, always hamming it up a little bit too much, I think. I think he's going a little too big for the silly humor, but he does get a couple of good moments. And then Sean Penn, if you've seen other Sean Penn movies, he's definitely a performance in this movie, because he is not like this in anything else I've seen of his um you know this kind of surfer dude stoner guy uh not a role I've seen him play outside of this and I haven't seen all of Penn's movies but I've seen I've seen quite a few. Um I mean god we just watched Milk. You know c- can you think of that? That Spicoli became the guy who plays Milk? <laughs> like
1: Or I am Sam?
0: I've not seen I am Sam, but still I know of that performance and yeah, exactly. Um so I'd say Spicoli's quite a performance in and of itself. Uh, Because he definitely is believable as, like, a stoner surfer guy. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, he's very much the stereotype of what I think the surfer California stoner guy would have been in the 80s. But he does it well. So. All right. Well, let's get in spoilers.
1: Okay, guys. From here forward, we're going to talk about the movie in great detail. You can go check it out. And then come back. Give us a listen. Otherwise, you've been warned.
0: Now, unlike some of the other movies that we watch, I don't know that we're going to have a whole lot to add in spoilers because this is a comedy. Um, Most of the movie is predominantly jokes, but I do want to talk about the abortion. Because that's a pretty heavy thing to bring into this movie, right? I was waiting for it, though. Well, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely there, but it's not handled particularly dramatically, right? Like, she doesn't even cry like there's never a scene of her like regretting it or uh, the remorse of it and even Well,
1: cuz I think that that's not how this type of movie would handle it. They just agreed. did it and they move
0: on. But I think there's a debate that could be had is like if you're going to make this such a comedy, do you deal with such a serious topic of abortion cuz you are going to gloss over it because this isn't an after school special. This isn't a drama. This is a comedy. So, it's it's a It's a bold choice to have a character get an abortion. Like, like, Okay, look at Juno, right? Juno is a comedy with a high school girl getting pregnant. But her choice to not get the abortion is what sets up the rest of the film, allowing it to be a comedy. If Juno walked into that abortion clinic at the beginning of the movie and has the abortion, you're having a very different film, I believe, based on what I've seen Diablo Cody do especially. Like, look at Tully or Young Adult. That film would be very different if Juno had got the abortion. here she gets the abortion and it then pretty much just continues as a comedy I mean you get a few moments of like that's Judge Reinhold my favorite part is him seeing her run across the street and then waiting for her to come out of the clinic and being a good big brother. yes, I thought that I was a cool appreciated moment appreciated that yeah and I mean it's done again it's pretty subtle she's she's okay no there's no. No drama, nothing goes wrong with the abortion. She went to a real clinic. She didn't go to, like, some back alley. It's not dirty dancing, you know? We're not getting the uh, the $200 abortion from some guy with a coat hanger. Um, but I, it, I I do think that scene is, is pretty crazy, right? Like, comparative, like, to the rest of the movie, like, there's a little bit of drama because you get, like, because um, Mike knocks her up to use the terms, I think, the phrasing that they would use, and then he he is acts like he's going to be honorable says he'll pay for half and he we see a scene of him trying to get the money and then he fails to get the money so he just doesn't show up and he doesn't pay for half um and then he gets called out by rats about it and that's you know there's a little that's like the most aftermath of the abortion there's not a whole lot of talk on on another side of i think which was tasteful it doesn't get out that she was pregnant or that she had an abortion so like she's not being bullied or stigmatized at the school so i think that was a a good choice um but again it, it is it's such a it's such a interesting choice i think to put that in a comedy like this because this does come off as like think of what's the most dramatic thing that happens in american pie like he gets his junk God, caught i can't even remember that those movies that's enough. There's, like, really – the most dramatic things are people having, like, arguments, getting upset at each other. Like, there's no real, like, weight to anything that happens in the first American Pie. It is a straight comedy um, – oh, I guess the girl getting deported because she was naked on the webcam. That's, like –
1: Well, here we are, and it's 2018. <clears throat> Sorry. I had to. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so, I was a little mad – uh, I mean, uh, A, that she was trying to make him be responsible for it, because we're pretty sure this is the second time she's had unprotected sex. Mm. And I was like, how do you know it's his?
0: Well, the time in this movie is very hard to keep track of, but there is a big gap between her first time and him.
1: Is there? Cause yeah. it's
0: it, it, No, it, the year... There's very brief references to time passing. I'm pretty sure it was two or three months between the dugout and that guy. Um, I cannot, I will not swear to it, but the whole school year goes by in the movie. And we just see chunks of it as it happens. There's no rhyme or reason to how time moves in this film.
1: Well, women sometimes are four and five months along before they start showing. But...
0: True, but I don't think she ever was showing either, though. Like, you know. Oh, I mean,
1: no, but I mean, maybe she didn't know right away. Oh, it's definitely I possible. I don't know. I felt like she was trying to make him be responsible, and I'm not entirely sure that it was him. Well, that's not really whatever here, but, um, he tried to get the money and stuff, and I mean, I think that maybe that comes down to pride. It still wasn't right for him to not at least give her a ride there. Agreed. Uh, um, You still should, if you tell someone you're going to do something, do all you can and keep your word. Um, I really like the relationship with Mr. Hand and Jeff, though.
0: Jeff is Spicoli, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like,
1: they don't take any crap from each other. While I don't think it's right that Spicoli doesn't respect his teacher, I also, I don't know. I don't feel like he's being, like, outright disrespectful all the time. Like, he was late... Class one time and then, no,
0: only, I don't know. In fact, I think you could argue the other way. I think Mr. Hand is very rude, and if Mr. Hand that first scene when we meet Spicoli and Hand together, ah, Mr. Yes. Hand would be fired if he did that today, um, without any hesitation. I was sitting, like, I was like, oh my goodness, this teacher—he
1: just ripped up his paper and made him leave. Like, I, I mean. Right are well, people late to your class the first day?
0: People are late, uh, unfortunately, even after the, the first time. day. But, you, you know, there's tactful ways to handle it and some of the things he says. And But at the same time, I feel like throughout the course of the film, that relationship changes. And the end, when he goes to Spicoli's room, uh, Crack Me Up, um, ah, Yeah, you owe me the eight hours. I was like, man, I wish I had that kind of, like, one drive. Because I would have to go to a lot of students' houses and be like, This is for every minute you've wasted of my time this year. You're going to give me back right now before you can go to prom, basically. Although it's not prom, it's their graduation dance, but it is... It feels like the equivalent of prom. Um, Yeah. Which, I don't know if that was ever, like, an actual thing, like, graduation dance, or if that was just some weird contrived movie plot. Like, oh yeah, they'll have a graduation dance, but... um, well, then
1: they didn't have to pay for expensive clothing for them to wear, because you notice that they were all, like, I think he walked in in shorts and, like, a button-up yeah. Hawaiian shirt or something. I don't really know, though. But I did like that dynamic. Uh, and I did, he, like, walks in all disgusted, because he has all these naked women on his walls.
0: He and... does. Like, way too many <laughs> naked women on the walls. Um, Where's your mother? Like, I would imagine showing this movie on regular TV has got to be a challenge because of things like that. Like, you can cut the sex scenes out, but when, like, you'll have to cut out whole scenes in that setting, because... Just a
1: big blue screen, a green screen or something.
0: Just blurred, like, it's just blurred <laughs> yeah, it's just walls.
1: Just nothing. <laughs> They're um, in another dimension.
0: But, uh, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of 80s music. I think, I, I don't know if I've ever said that on the podcast, but you know that. Uh, we
1: know, we know. I'm kidding.
0: Um, But I and really I- like the soundtrack in this movie. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, these are really good songs on this soundtrack, so i don't know if i was just feeling nostalgic or what but i was really uh i really enjoyed a lot of the songs in the it
1: kind of make you sad though like the opening where it's at the Richmond mall and it's like this huge multi-level oh. like bustling you know thriving thing
0: as you a know, mall rat yeah it made me very very sad well, even, oh my god how about the mall in eighth grade it's like three yeah. stories I'm like, what yeah. mall is this? Where is this? This is the Mall of America. <laughs> well, well Mallrats is actually set. It's not set in the Mall of America. It's supposed to be in New Jersey, but they filmed in the Mall of America, um, and so that mall in Mallrats is not in New Jersey. It's but it's this awesome mall, Mall of America, which I guess is still awesome. I don't know. I have not. I've not ever got to go there. Um, but I, I grew up as a mall rat. I love going to the mall. I still, I still like going to the mall. But so many of the malls near me don't have any stores that I want to go to, and um, that, that stinks, because that was always where I went to, because I don't, we live in Florida, it's hot, and there's mosquitoes, I don't like to be outside, I'd rather be inside, and the mall was a place where I could go and walk around and browse at stuff, and sometimes buy things, but no, normally not, I'd loiter, I won't lie, you know, but I'd go to a movie, and some, if I had money, I'd buy some stuff, I didn't always have money, but, yeah, I, I agree that opening at the mall, uh, the food court there and then like, them working at the different restaurants. It's I think there's a lot to enjoy in this movie, but definitely I don't think it's like a masterpiece or anything that has to be a must see. Um I I uh I think there's some really funny moments. Um I don't want to spend too much more time on this because I do we do have to record another episode, but um I
1: do wanna hop in yeah. the part where uh oh what's her name, Phoebe Kate. And I like Phoebe Kate. Um,
0: She's in Gremlins she in, one and two,
1: and Drop Dead Fred.
0: Yes. Oh man, love Drop Dead Fred.
1: Um, but her character goes over to their house to swim, and then the guys are there too, mm-hmm. and uh, he's in the bathroom yeah. watching her, and she walks in on him. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> Which, funny.
0: That kind of upset me. Not not that she walked in on him, but it, they never developed that. Like he's clearly got a crush on her. And it never gets brought up again. Like, he never pursues it and gets shot down. Um, She doesn't, like, end up with him or anything.
1: Yeah, she, he would, he could have, you know, it could have gone somewhere because her older boyfriend didn't come to her her. graduation. And I thought that that was, I thought she was lying. Oh. I thought it was all a lie.
0: It could have been because we never see him.
1: Yeah, and it could have been. Maybe she's a good lie crier.
0: Um, I like I want to talk about the hospital field trip. Um, which <laughs> oh, yeah, might be one of the fakest field trips in any movie ever because it's like mm-hmm. they just take a, a high school class, like to a, a hospital and they're just like allowed to manipulate a corpse. and it's one of the fakest looking corpses ever. <laughs> I thought
1: that that was pretty. That was pretty high quality.
0: Really? Uh, well, totally
1: believable.
0: Okay, there's the size. It looked like they
1: melted. It looked like they melted a human size, like uh, Army Man, and then just painted him. You know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, and we'll just remove this rib cage. Yeah. They saw it off earlier. I'm like, yes, that's what that looks like. That's exactly. Uh, what
1: was the line the teacher said? He's like, from le- from the beginning of life to death, or something. I thought he said when they were walking
0: in. Yeah, something like that, and um, at the uh at some point in the movie they talked about him being really weird and like like there's references to him like keeping stuff from the corpses like it's there's some creepy necrophilia type stuff implied about that teacher so uh some maybe some a, jokes that would be worth reading into i don't know
1: and he has a babe for a wife so
0: <laughs> which she leaves him i believe is one of the things we get at the end too um and then i guess we should talk about the ending uh reinhold's working at a convenience store. Guy comes in to rob him, Spicoli distracts the guy on accident, um, you know, walking out of the bathroom, there's no towels, dude, and, uh, Judge Reinhold throws hot coffee in his face, he becomes a police officer, and then we get, uh, 48 hours, right, is that the one he's in, or is he in Beverly Hills Cop, whichever one he's in, um, I'm connecting to the universe, so, the, Brad from Fast Times at Ridgemont High becomes Eddie Murphy's partner, and I think it's Beverly Hills Cop, because 48 hours is Nick Nolte, so, it's gotta be Beverly Hills Cop, um. Unless I'm wrong about that, too. And it definitely could be. It's been a long time since I've seen either of those Eddie Murphy movies. Forgive me for being wrong. I think that ends the episode. Corey, what rating do you give Fast Times at Ridgemont High? <laughs> a decent watch. Uh, I'm going to go a little higher, but not much. Not quite golden. Um, I do think there's some 80s uh, gold here. Uh, the scene you talked about like the with him daydreaming about Phoebe Cates, I think is replicated in a Christmas Vacation. Um, not to the same level. But Chevy Chase looking, imagining having the pool in the backyard and there's a girl in a red bikini who turns to him and she starts to take her top off. And it's implied that he's getting aroused, but he's interrupted quicker than uh, than Brad was interrupted. So I don't know. It could be a coincidence. Maybe there's a lot of, you know, red bikinis at a pool uh, in 80s movies or maybe National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation borrowed a scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I don't know. Um, that's what we have for our rating. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Election, um, which I need to pull up the stats for that real quick. Uh, Election's a film I have seen twice, um, at least. I know for sure twice. Um, and we'll be watching for my third time for the next episode, and Cory had never seen before. And it is by, um, a director that I have apparently, um, ups and downs with. It's directed by Alexander Payne. Um, who I've liked some of his films and disliked others severely. Uh, stars, um, Matthew Broderick, Reese Witherspoon, Chris Klein, Jessica Campbell, um, Mark Haralick, and pretty much everyone else's minor characters. I do want to give, um, if I can find her on here. Really, she doesn't even have a credit? That's weird. I don't see his wife in the credits. Oh, there she is. Holly, uh, Molly Hagen. Sorry, I, I flipped the H and the M for some reason. Um, and Delaney Driscoll, I think, both have some major parts that deserve to be referenced. Um, the rest, however, are very, very minor in comparison, uh, although you might see some familiar faces. Um, it is based on a novel by Tom Perrotta, and is the screenplay is adapted by Alexander Payne himself. So that'll be our next episode. Um, if you have any comments on either of the films, Election or Fast Times at Ridgemont High or 8th Grade, you can hit us up. I'm at content. Sorry, email us at contact at burkreviews.com. That's just contact at burkreviews.com, and follow me on social media at burkreviews and Corey.
1: At Corey R Star Two R's on the end.
0: And until next time, folks, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.